Hello, welcome to Starman's Podcast. <laughs> Hello. I'm Anthony. I'm Kristen. And I'm going to start this over, over and over and over again. Why? I'm just kidding. Why would you keep starting it over? Because <laughs> I'm nervous. Why are you nervous? Because we're talking about math, and math is not my strong suit. I don't think anyone <laughs> really likes math. I think people who are going to college for math tend to like math a little bit. Um, fuck off a little bit then. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I just ate a bunch of sushi because my legs are exhausted from going to the gym. Yeah, we're getting swole. We're getting fucking swole. Go to the fucking gym. Go to the gym. Go, Go to the fucking, fucking gym. gym. Go to the fucking gym. If you're in, sitting in this car, if you're sitting in your car listening to this podcast right now, turn it off and go to the fucking gym. Just fucking U-turn right into the woods. Yeet into the fucking gym. No, that's not legal advice from Uh-oh. Starman's podcast. Okay, well... Do it anyways. Don't do it! Okay, well, get there safely. Well, now it's too late. They're already dead. They went to the fucking gym! <laughs> well, for those of you alive... <laughs> Go to the fucking gym! Go to the fucking gym! <laughs> but for those of you alive, what are we talking about today? We're Actually, be... we're not talking about that. We're going to talk about our merch. <laughs> okay, shit. We have merch. It's time merch. for Christmas. Go get a sticker. Go get a, yeah, get a sticker, get a get mug, a hoodie. get a shirt, get a hoodie, get a, Ooh, get a mall. Get I worked all. very hard on it, so go order some cool fucking mint, star mint, um, yes, hello, good stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and go from there. Okay, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the probability of me not offing myself in the next five years. That is kind of what we're talking about, but, you know, let's not reference it to bad things like that. Okay. We're talking about the probability that I am wearing a thong right now. Okay, cool. What would you guess that probability is? 40-60 or 60-40 for those. 40-60? 40% yes, 60% no. That's why I did 40-60. Everyone's like, it's 60-40, but 40-60. I I would say that you're correct in leading... The yes. leading percentage is the one I believe that it's so, probable. but it rolls off the tongue kind of awkward, so. Well, I, I understood it. <clears throat> so, anyway. Probability. We're talking about probability. Uncertainty. And, and many, many things. Uncertainty, probability, things like that. And it's very math heavy, so I'm going to do my best to describe it. Shut up, Siri. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> We're really hitting it today. Yeah. Um, so, there's a really good. Uh, thought experiment about what Bayes' theorem is. And Bayes' theorem is sort of the foundation of real-world probability, right? Um, Credit to Veritasium on YouTube, because I stole it from him. He had, like, a really good um, analogy, and I couldn't think of a better one. So, And this actually kind of lines with, like, what you do for work in a way. Me? Sort of. Not really. Medically? It's it's a medical thing. Everything's a chance? It's a medical thing. You'll appreciate it. Okay. So you wake up. Imagine you wake up one morning and you feel a bit sick for no particular reason. Cool. You go to the doctor's office and they check you out. Oh, no. Dr. Kristen Moody looks at your elbow, your weenus. She's like, it's nice weenus. Looks good. Uh, They end up running. (laughs) uh, Okay. (laughs) They end up running. What? No, nothing. Weenus away. Kristen ends up running a ton of tests on you to see what might all right, I'll stop. They end up running a ton of tests to see what uh, you might have. And after a week of tests, come back 
you test positive for a very rare disease that only affects 1% of the total population. So, holy shit. Yeah, wow. Um, so you ask the doctor, um, excuse me, uh, yes, hello. Um, yes, hello. Uh, what are the chances this test is incorrect? Oh, yes, I see where we're going. And she tells you that out of 99% of the cases identified, only 1% come back as false positives. I'm not going to even say it. Okay, keep going. Okay. Yes. So what are the chances that you have the disease? 99%. Okay. Not Mo- 100%. Most people would probably think that it's 99%. Well, great. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> no. Wait, 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 Hold on. wait. We're gonna, I'm going to go into the mathematics. I and, just and then I'm gonna... spewed the first thing that popped into my tiny little pee okay. brain. You're human. That's what, oh, that's God. what humans I'm, do. Everyone's like, this girl's a doctor. She's a fucking moron. Mm-hmm. No one's thinking that. I'm thinking that. Because literally humans are the worst at thinking about probability. That's why casinos are still a thing. Okay. Um, so most people would probably gut reaction. This is like, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Gut reaction. Like, um, duh. But. Okay. But yeah. the, you would think it's 99% chance because that is the effectiveness of the test you took. But in order to get some perspective, we need to implement Bayes' theorem. So I'm going to go into the mathematics a little bit. And then I'm going to backtrack it and go to like a exam- like a real world example that gives you like that aha moment. Okay. Sure. Of like, oh, now that I think about it, yeah, that does make sense. So Bayes' theorem can give you the probability of some hypothesis, say that you actually have the disease, is actually true for a given event. That is, that you tested positive. Okay. That's the first part of the theorem. So to calculate this, you need to take the prior probability that the hypothesis was true, that is, how likely you thought it was to have the disease before you got the test results, and then multiply that by the probability of the event given the hypothesis is true. That is, the probability that you would have tested positive if you had the disease. Okay. And then divide all of that by the, to- uh, by the total probability of the event occurring, that is, testing positive. So... The part that you divide from is a term that is a combination of your probability of having the disease and it correctly testing positive, plus your probability of not having the disease and being falsely identified. Right. Um, If we plug in the math, uh, it ends up being um, a 9% chance that you have the disease. Is this taking in like... See, the way I'm going with this, is it taking in like family history... You know, how many people have this disease in the population? No, just based off this, just based off of the information I give you. Based theorem shit? Right. It's just an example. It's not okay. a real world problem anyway. It's not a real world <clears throat> right. thing. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, it is if depending on the situation. I, I see where you're coming from. Like, oh, the probability is higher if it's like Well, it goes down. So say, stuff, so. right, if you or if you have this mm-hmm. rare disease and you've had no symptoms and you woke up with like an achy stomach and for some reason they found out, they did like a blood test and like, oh my God, you have black fan anemia or something. Right. Something well, actually, super I mean, rare. I, w- I would go so far as to say it might actually supersede that uh, like hereditariness of it. I don't think it actually matters because it's like it doesn't make you more likely to have it. It well, it doesn't. What if make it's you, ingrained in your DNA? Right, but it doesn't. It doesn't make it more likely that the test could be a false positive. 
Yeah. Oh, we're, we're looking I mean? at the perspective of the test, not the right. probability of having the disease. Well, you, you would like to know, you asked the doctor, like, what is the probability that, because you said that 99% of the people you test right. test correctly, but 1% test posi- or false positive. Mm-hmm. So what are the chances that I'm a false positive? Is it lower than 1%? It's 81% chance that you're a false positive. Oh, wait, positive. you said ni- no, 91%. 91%, yes. Yeah. It's a 9% chance that you are negative. Are, you don't have the disease. I hate this okay. so much. So let me let me backtrack and give you like a real world example and then you'll go, oh, okay. Yes, I want that a real world because obviously okay. my brain is very <laughs> skewed. Because, okay, I'm going to forget that. But nobody okay. else forget that because it is a good example. I'm just fucked up. So keep right. on. Okay, so... Um, So think about instead a sample size of 1,000 people, okay? Yes, okay. So think very of, small. Very small. There's only 1,000 people in the room. One person oh, great. out of that sample is likely to have the disease. That's 1%, right? Because it only affects 1% of the population. It's technically less than 1%, but it's fine. How is that less than 1%? 1 in... 1 in 1,000. That's 1%. And the test would likely identify them correctly as having the disease, right? Because it's a 99% chance that it is correct. I'm here. Okay. You, you with me? There's a stadium stadium of 1,000 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, per- one person one and then person they test. definitely and has it. Yes. And if they test, they are more than likely because it's likely. very controlled. Correct. And limited. But now you have 999 other people in the room. You isolate that one person. They have the disease. If they test positive they have it right okay so you take you take the other 999 people um one percent of that for 10 people uh would falsely be identified as having the disease if it's a one percent chance one ten people total yes so you take 10 more people mm-hmm. and you line them up with that one person mm-hmm. 10 of those people are going to be falsely identified sure by statistics um so if you were to test positive, let's say you were a part of the sample size that wasn't, you didn't have the disease. Mm-hmm. You were just one of those 10. Yeah. So now when you think about it, you're like, oh, that's a huge sample size. It's 11 people, right? There's 11 people and only one person has the disease. Right. And if you test all of them, it's still a 99% right. out of the total population. Okay. So that's what is one over 11? It's 9%. <laughs> Do you get it? I'm annoyed by that. Isn't that That way of thinking is... No, it's correct, though. Technically. It is But it's not easy to think about. I think that's why we've changed it, because people can't wrap their heads around getting rid of the safety net. People like comfort in numbers. Well, when you look at a percentage and then a percentage of a percentage, that's when human brains get lost. Right. If you're like 50% of 100... And then you take 2% of that, have X, Y, Z. Right. We can't, like, quantify that in our heads very easily. What? Why? Well, what is it? Four people? Four? No. no. Hold on. 50% it's... of 150, <laughs> 2% of that is... No, I'm not doing it right in my head. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, though? It's like it's percentage It's hard to go down yeah. the, the chain. Yeah. And then, when you, and then when you start talking about probability specifically, like, the probability of having X, Y, Z, not just, like... Two percent do, but like the what is what are the chances? Right, we're That's not saying we're... the exact, which is still annoying. Yeah, 
Okay. And I... the, it literally that that math checks out at casinos. They actually have um, games that are always over fifty one percent chance of them profiting. So they know for certain that given enough sample size, yeah, someone's going to cash out a jackpot their first try and get a million dollars. Right. But they're guaranteed to win money because of that probability. And the, the probability of Bayes' theorem is calculated on every single machine in a casino. Right. And it, it's, I mean, if you say, well, we'll prove it, that's proof right there. Casinos make money because of Bayes' theorem. Right. Right. Literally. So, so it's just something I was absolutely blown away personally by... Like, when you do the math of it, it actually is way less or more than you think, depending on the scenario. Right. Yeah, so a uh, little fun fact about Bayes. Um, when Bayes came up with this theory, he actually didn't think of anything of it. He was a mathematician, so he, you know, the math checks out, everything seems fine. He didn't think it was revolutionary or uh, worth the publication at all. Um, he was in the Royal Society, didn't mention it to them or anything like that. Just surprising. Yeah. Um, actually, after he died, he had, um, after a decade, one of his friends, Richard Price, uh, dug through his papers and found Bayes' theorem in there and ended up publishing it. And now it's widely known as the, um, the most accurate calculation of probability known to date. Hmm. So that's Bayes' theorem. What do you think? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Just because no one's brain has been trained to think that way no, in probability. Not at all. Or uncertainty. I'd rather, everyone loves, again, people find comfort in numbers and solidity. Look at COVID. Right. You know, the percent of getting it is less, well, less than, I don't know, 0. 0.004 at one point, and then it dropped to 0. 0.002. Right. So. Yeah. Um, in the world. And even, uh, even those thought experiments just now that I gave you, those are mm. um, static. You know, they have no other implications. There's no factor outside of what I gave you that is affecting it in any way. Right. And so if we can't even think very clearly about a static situation like that. Right. How are we going to yeah, apply gonna, this to right. how are our gonna... modern day of living? Exactly. Yeah. And, and It's a whole new way to think about everything. Right. It's, so. uh, it's definitely a bit of a mindfuck. And I hate it. It gets worse from there. <laughs> That's, we'll, we'll call Bayes' theorem um, baby's first probability. Great. And then I we're going to be moving into like eighth grade mathematics here. Good. <laughs> now really... I want to really die. <laughs> so have you ever heard of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle? Actually, yes. Yeah, most people have. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> well, I'm just <laughs> I saying. just felt special for uh, well, a minute. Do you know what it is, though? No. Okay, but you've heard of it. Of course, yes, I have. So it typically comes up in regards to the double slit experiment in See, quantum See, I've mechanics. heard of that, but I don't fully understand that either. Right. So formulated by the German physicist and Nobel laureate Weiner Heisenberg. Carl. <laughs> What's my name? Heisenberg. What's my name? I love Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, and uh, so shortly after uh, Einstein's time, this was in 1927, Mm-hmm. Um, Einstein died. Did he? In 19... 19- in... <laughs> no. 1955. So he was an old man at this point. Uh, I- Einstein? Einstein was... How old did he live to be? I actually don't know that. I think he was pretty old. I'm pretty sure he was like... 
80, maybe? 85? 76. 76. Close. So uh, at this point, he was, you know, 60-something. Uh, 50, 50, late 50s, early 60s. So he's, okay. he's, he's, he's old. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uncertainty principle states that we cannot know both the position and speed of a particle, such as a photon or electron, with perfect accuracy. So what that means is, well, let's talk about the double set experiment, because when you understand that, then we can talk about Heisenberg uncertainty principle. So for those of you who don't know the double set experiment, I'll go over an overview with you. Um, if you were to take uh, just a board, like a wooden board, and you were to drill a slit into it, up and down, vertical, and you were to shoot ping pong balls with a gun through the hole, through the hole, right? Sure. And you have a, a wall behind it, and each time a ping pong ball hits the wall, it makes a mark. Okay, I'm just painting a picture for those listening. Yeah, through the slit. Yep. Um, a particle acts like a ping pong ball. If you shoot a million ping pong balls through that slit, what would you be left with on the backside? It would just be like a bigger slit. Then it'd be spaced out, but also some wouldn't make it through the slit, or did they all make it through? the well, slit? Well, some might not. Okay, right? but some right. would, and th so the ones that did would leave a perfectly square. You, know, you shot a million of them. Yeah, it's going to be like a basically a perfectly but amplify or big slit. Yeah, um, magnified. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so we understand that. That's how particles work. Sure. And our understanding before quantum mechanics of how, say, a photon interacts with the world, light, right? Um, when the sun emits light, we know that space can bend it, right? But that's not the that's not a factor of the light at all. That's a factor of space. And gravity. Stay tuned for the next episode. We talk about this. Right. Um, so uh, we thought that. Uh, uh, like electrons or photons were just particles, right? I mean, we have the Large Hadron Collider, a particle accelerator. Yeah, sure, but... <clears throat> but in reality, um, it's not, and the double slit experiment proves that. So if we take our ping pong experiment and add a second slit, and we now just go fucking ham and shoot a billion ping pong balls through each slit or at the board, right? The ones that go through uh, would act like a particle, though. Now there'll be two slits on mm -hmm. the backside. Um and so if we go back to the one slit and we shoot a single electron through that slit, okay, same thing as a ping pong, same, same thing as a ping pong ball. It right, right, right. It would be a slit of electrons. Okay, so because of that, we can go, all right, electrons act like particles, right? They do the same thing as ping pong balls. It's the same result. We're good. Electrons we're are particles. Okay. But then you add a second slit. And what happens is you shoot a single electron through one of the slits, and it lands on the board. You shoot another one through the second slit, just individually. No interaction with any other particles. Right. Okay. I, yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. You, you just keep repeating that over and over and over again, and what you get is something very, very weird. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is something that we can actually do and prove. Mm -hmm. So it's not. I'm just not making this up on the spot. Um, what you get is a wave function. So you get like hundreds of little slits. And the probability of the electron hitting one area over another is very apparent. You have a very defined line, and then some electrons will hit the middle, sure. Mm -hmm. But most, most of them are going to be in slits that are lined up. And multiple slits, right? 
Like, not just the two anymore. It's going to be, like, multiple or no? Yeah, the back side is going to look like it has, like, 15 slits, basically. Right. Like, next to each other. And so that's weird. So we can say, what the fuck is going on with that? And if you actually take the double slit experiment and submerge it underwater and you send just a single wave, you know, you drop, like, a little... Um, you drop like a little uh, drop of water at the behind the slit, mm-hmm. and it, it creates a wave. Mm-hmm. What it does is the wave hits both slits, and those two waves that propagate interact with each other. Right. And because of that, they create like a mesh. Right. And then such that the probability is exactly the same as an electron going through. Wouldn't that be if we were sending multiple electrons through, not a single one at a time? Because they have no chance to interact. No. Single electrons do the same thing. That's weird. Yes. And that so doesn't make any sense. It's not supposed to. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, cool. Because yeah. you would think that if you were to put a bunch through, yeah, they're going to collide. They're going to interact. They're going to more no do we're talking like about one single electron through one of the two slits and then come an, out as a wave uh, interacting like if a you wave. keep doing it but slow and controlled sure. right just sure. one at a time okay <laughs> is your mind fucked now no i remember this fully because i said i was watching a tiktok but i was like mm, i don't quite remember so two major theories came out of this with like in res- with respect of what's going on, okay. like what's happening, here. right? Some deduce that there could be an ephemeral particle. That is a what? An ephemeral particle. Ephemeral. Ephemeral. A F. Ephemeral. Oh, ephemeral. I think. Sorry, I just. I'm a word person. Ephemeral. Okay. So basically, like a ghost particle. Right. There's some interact. There's something interacting with these electrons, right? Correct. Yes. So, yeah, you shoot a single electron through, and now it's acting like a second one is there, or multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're all colliding off for some reason. So maybe there is an ephemeral particle that is is sort of a ghost next to it. A ghosty. A ghosty. And. But that's actually not my favorite theory. My favorite theory, no, theory I don't like that. is that it um, its interaction with space is what is causing it. So, like, there's sort of this, like, vibration. Like, the, the electron itself is a wave. Well, life is all... We are fucking frequencies. We are. Yeah. So actually, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. <laughs> 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 that's why music sounds so good. Okay, sure. <laughs> But for real, though. Yeah, but for real. Um, So, yeah. An electron is a wave. And so it interacts with its surrounding area. You Mm -hmm. shoot it through the single slit. And the space around it is the thing that's interacting with itself. Sure. Because it's also a very tiny, tiny, tiny particle. Right. But if we were to, let's say, look at a electron and we blew it up. Right? So it's like the size of like a baseball, we'll say, in front of you. Sure. Right? There's actually a space around the particle. Well, elect- so the theory is is that, I, from what I understand, is electrons, yes, in science textbooks, they make it to a ball. Sure. But in reality, it's just a cloud. We don't, I think mm. we don't fully fucking get it. Or string theory, which indicates that it's... It's just a little, like, wiggly wave. Right. It's not around. actually truly a ball. Like, you can pick it up like it's a golf ball or something if we were able to. It's actually, like, a 
similar to like a gaseous cloud or whatever, a cloud of shit. It's actually probably... That interacts with each other. Correct, yeah. It's actually probably better to think about it as a cloud based off of what I'm about to tell you. Sure. So if you were to, just for the sake of imagination, um, let's say that it's the size of a baseball and it is a baseball, there's actually this like square area around the particle that is the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And what that states is that you can never really know the position or speed of that particle because it's always moving. Because it's like a cloud. Yeah. With, with perfect accuracy. But right. you can calculate the probability of it being in one place rather than another. Sure. Yeah. So I could see how we're tying right. literally our uncertainty to right. probability to, yeah. Yeah. I get that. So now, now we Which kinda, makes yeah. perfect sense. Right. And so if you look at the square where you're like, okay, I know an electron's in here somewhere. You actually right. don't know where it is until you measure it. Right. And you can calculate that with the Heisenberg uncertainty. Principle. Assuming it's still in that same position, though. Or speed, yeah. Right. Yeah. There hasn't been any external factors to change things. Right. And actually, it doesn't even have to be that the particle is that small. It's just when they are that small, the size that um, we measure is more quantifiable. Mm -hmm. In fact, your body is currently under the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. It's just so tiny that your little vibrations right. can't be noticed at all. Right. Right. God, this makes studying space extremely hard because all space is is waves and photons right. and particles mm -hmm. and plasma. Yeah. And Everything is uh, basically a mini ephemeral wave that you can't really measure. Right. And obviously there's the running joke like, um, have you ever heard the um, joke of like when you get pulled over by a cop? And you're I've like, heard many jokes about people getting pulled over by cops. Right, but in regards to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. No, like, no, Oh, no. well, you couldn't really measure my speed because you're never really too certain because you of don't these know my douche position. Bags. You know what I mean? Listen, guys, <laughs> just be nice to the police. Just be nice. <laughs> just be nice. They I have do. a hard fucking job. And right. yet you get people that come up, they're probably just trying to look out for you. Unless you're going 90, then you kind of deserve to be pulled over. A little bit. A lot of bit. I deserve to be pulled over every day, but I was it doesn't just happen. Say, you're telling on yourself. Right I now. am, and if when people pull me over, I'm like, they're like, "Well, we knew one." I'm like, "Yeah, I was going 90. I'm really sorry. Here's my excuse, but it's really a shitty excuse. So here you go. Right. If you give me one, then it's my own fault. You don't need to be like, "Why are you doing my 18th Amendment rights?" And I've got to. Uh, I pay taxes. Oh my! It's like, calm down. Just be nice. Yeah. Anyways, that was my rant. Good rant. Um, fun, fun fact. Uh, light, that to everybody. Well, because we were talking about uh, photons, too, if you shine light through a double slit, the same thing happens. The wave function? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're photons. Yeah. So you test it out for yourself. Um, you can uh, you can take a little like piece of paper, two tiny slits side by side, turn all the lights off on your house, shine a, shine a flashlight through it, see what you get on the wall. That That's a double slit. Is it really like a... Well, it'll look like... Um, It'll look like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's some... You can also apply that similar to, like, why the autumn leaves, like, have... Or is that... Am I just going way off topic? Way off topic. Okay, <laughs> never mind. When the sun shines through the leaves, it doesn't show the imprint of the leaves. It shows... There's, like... Never mind. Never mind. Um, or it, it does show... I don't... Never mind. Too, too deep into TikTok. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Do you saying. know where you, I'm... You, yeah, no. you're kind of right. No, you don't. You have to, like, know it. Well, no, if you... if you Don't do 
<laughs> listen, I'm gonna explain it, and it might make sense to you. Sure. So if you have, if you put your hand almost on the ground, lift it just a little bit, you'll see almost a perfect image of your hand as casting a shadow on the ground. Yeah, I know. But the it's, further away you move the it, the more it bleeds over. Because light is a wave, yeah. it bends around your finger. As <laughs> Wild. Um, yeah, and then, uh, and then she says to her, I says, I says that, uh, that's pretty much all I got on this uncertainty thing. Okay. Um, we could talk about Schrodinger's cat, but I just feel like that's a little That's over. a beat the dead horse? Everyone talks about Schrodinger's sure, cat. Sure, let's talk about it. No. Oh. I actually don't like... The only thing I'm going to say about it is I don't like that thought experiment. It could have been... It's it's way too complex for what it is. Like, he adds way too many details that don't actually matter in the thought experiment. So I think it, it tends to be more confusing for people. Hello? I'm looking at the Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat experiment because I can't remember. But I'm reminding... I, I, can, I can tell you what it is. I can tell you what it is right now. <laughs> Go for it. Um, he stated that if you place a cat in something that could kill the cat, a radioactive atom, in a box and sealed it, you would not know if the cat was dead or alive until you opened the box. So that until the box was opened, the cat was, in a sense, both dead and alive. Because we don't know. Right. Unless you smelled it. <laughs> it's an airtight box, I guess. I don't know. Well, I, the only reason I don't like his thought experiment is because when you add like the radioactive atom and like the hammer dropping on the thing, like I see that right way here. too fucking much. What, what's with the fucking hammer? I don't know. It's his whole point is like that we, it has a chance of decaying or not. He's using the fact that a radioactive um, uh, atom could decay or not at a fifty percent rate. That's what he's really after. He what? How is this part of radioactive fucking decay? See, I don't know why he chose to do it that way, other than he knows... Just look at a nuclear chance. reactor. Or just... Or put it on the ground. A, flip a fucking coin. Just say the cat can has, has thumbs and he flips a coin. If it lands heads, he's dead. If it lands tails, he's alive. Just don't... Just get the radiation out of here. Right, I don't... How can you... I don't understand. If he's turning this about radioactive decay... I thought it was about the, the death of a cat that you can't see. Well, it it's is. like, it the is. does a tree... You know, does a tree fall in the woods? If no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Right. And then I love Neil deGrasse Tyson's answer to this, which is, how do you know the tree fell? And just pisses people off. Well, yeah, because you have to, well, we don't. Well, then you don't know. Exactly. You don't. Okay, I do know it fell. Well, then, yes, it made a sound. Right. Did you come across (laughs) it and it fell? Or are we theorizing that it's falling right now? Did it make a sound? Right. How do you know it fell? Did you see it fall? Well, no, but okay, so then you don't know. What if it was growing like that? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is, I, I love his answer. There is a secondary answer. He's like, well, if people don't accept this one, then. Right. But anyways, we're going way off. Yeah, I really don't like that, again, that you're bringing the radioactive component. Because I feel like that has nothing it to do. It throws people off. When you add that in there, people are, like, way too hyper-focused on, like, the probability of it happening. When he's just trying to say, it's a 50-50. That's all he needs to say. He doesn't have to go into all that detail, but he's a scientist, so, you know, he had to fucking build a whole contraption in there and make it work. <coughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. But that's to describe, anyway, in 
quantum mechanics, the same the same type of probability that you'd see in a wave function. Is it here? Don't know. Is it there? Don't know. When you measure it and you see it there, that's when it was actually there, not right. before. It was just a right. Sort and of it's probably not there any anymore, but okay. So anyway, that's the uh, foundation of the entire universe. So if you feel felt uncomfortable um, sleeping felt tonight uh, in the vast, knowing that our planet is soaring through the fucking sky right now, um, or through space right now, around how a giant black we, hole. How fast are we? Extremely fast. Like 10,000-something miles an hour revolving around? Uh, the Milky Way? No, 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 no. How fast is the Earth in rotation? Once every 24 hours. Stop it. I want to know the speed. speed. <laughs> Once every 24 hours. With respect to what? Remember the episode? The with respect to what? The sun. Okay. Well, then Google it. I don't know. Speed of Earth orbit around sun. Because the speed of the Earth traveling around a black hole right now is 100 times faster than the speed of or the speed of it surrounding the sun. So we spin, mm. and then we spin going around the sun, which is a year. And the sun is spinning around our Milky Way galaxy. Right, and we're And our Milky Way galaxy is spinning. Right. <laughs> like, it's just like... <laughs> Everyone's like, spinning! We're all fucking... We're like, all vertigo! <laughs> we're all... Yeah, no wonder you have vertigo. You're Fuck. fucking spinning all, all the time. All the fucking time. Literally. It's kind of crazy that there is no definition of standstill. Like, there is no... No. ...such thing as something just being in existence without moving. Isn't that weird? What are you looking at? The speed of Earth. 30 kilometers per second. Around the sun. I don't... It says Earth's orbital speed. Right, so that's around the sun. Not our revolution. Is it a revolution? What no. is it? Uh, orbital speed is one orbital. So once every Around the sun. Wait. So that's what we're moving as. Not around the... So the sun? <laughs> the Earth is spinning. <laughs> How fast is this spinning, not this? I'm doing a lot of finger dancing. This is this is an orbit. Correct. Around the sun. Well that that's I'm sorry. Is this a I, revolution? I am actually stupid. It's our our orbital is once every 365 days. Correct, and once then every year. turn that into how fast are we one going? One day is one spin of the earth. Do you know a day is twenty-three hours, hours fifty-six minutes? Yeah, it's not all the way. Four seconds on average. That's why we have leap year. But we also out. don't go in a perfect circle around the sun. It's like an oval pattern. Sometimes we're closer, and these days are faster. Right, but because we're closer, leap year fixes that. I don't know. Fuck the fuck the calendar. Did you know if you go back to like some month in like the fifteen hundreds, there's like twenty eight missing days. No. You didn't know that. I had no fucking idea. So the Earth is moving 1,337 miles per hour. That was my that was my question. What? 1,037 miles per hour. We are turning. We as Earth is turning. <laughs> we as Earth are We turning. as Earth. But we revolve around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. Sheesh. That's fast. That is fast. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's uh, pretty much everything I have for uncertainty. And, yeah, it's uh, enough. And, uh, yeah, submit your questions to <laughs> Starman's podcast. At, at gmail.com. Gmail. Or follow us on Instagram. Yeah. At Starman's podcast. Yeah, Starman's podcast. <laughs> Pretty much.
Clifton Moody. And Anthony Toronto. Stop it. <laughs> and go buy our merch. Yeah, check out our merch. Check it out. We really don't make much. It's just for funsies. So Ow. it's for you, by you, from you, actually from me, and by me, from us, to you. So. I started it. Sure. You finished it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, um, Tease the next episode. What are we talking about? What oh, we're talking about? so I'm breaking the fourth wall a little bit, and we're gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about actually a whole handful of space topics. Space topics. Space topics. Space. To <laughs> we surprisingly didn't max out the mic right there. We didn't. No. I like. Held it back in. It hurt. It makes me, it's like when you like hold a burp in, you feel that gas bubble. That's what it it's felt never like. Never happened to me before. <clears throat> never burped. <clears throat> nice. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.